Today on the show, the A-League roundabout gets into full swing as Popper takes Wanderers to Perth, while Western Sydney get a Melbourne City flavour under Babel. Matt Simon drives home to Gosford, and speaking of Gosford, will driving around a couple of traffic cones be enough to give Bolt his A-League licence? In the W League, can Sam Kerr transform the league ahead of the World Cup? And could Arnie transform Leckie into a striker? Well, buckle up, because we've got a bumper Australian football special to talk about all of that and more. Hello and thanks for joining us on another episode of the podcast. Spring's here, we've got a clear sunny day in Melbourne and just as the FFA like to term it, clear air with no pesky AFL or NRL finals to distract everyone. And that can only mean one thing, yep, the A-League's back. Uh, joining me today on the mainly Oz football focused show and making his debut, sure to get in a few faces, uh, he's the Stefan Mork of the podcast, Damo, welcome mate. Thanks for having me Colby, gonna, gonna get in some A-League talk and hopefully enjoy it. Yeah, mate. I mean, if we're if we're picking A League players, I'd, I'd obviously be the Manny Mackay, dependable, reliable, like to wear my pants high, <laughs> and can fill in at left back. Only sometimes, though. <laughs> uh, so why don't we kick off things uh, with moment of the week, Damo? Do you have a moment of the week? I do. My moment of the moment of the week this week is Gibraltar getting their first ever win in Saints. competitive football. They uh, had a record. I'll just read it out here: twenty-two games they've played, twenty-two losses. Five goals for and 107 goals against. <laughs> so scenes for the away game in Armenia this weekend. Oh, huge. Uh, that What's would your be... moment of the week, Colby? Mate, my moment of the week, uh, none other than Usain Bolt. It's a very divisive moment of the week. Uh, he came on uh, in his second trial match for the Mariners. He started this week, didn't he? Uh, Got the call yeah, up. Yeah, I think he did. He played 75 minutes, that's for sure. Uh, when the Mariners took on uh, MacArthur South West United. I must admit I've not heard of that club before. Traffic Cone Club. Yeah, Traffic Cone United. Uh, but you can only beat what's in front of you. So he came on and he scored late uh, and then uh, helped himself to another tidy tap in towards the To be the fair, end of his, his first goal was a good, good finish. Brought it down well, left foot, low and hard. Absolutely. Um, and uh, just another, uh, you know, speaking of stats, I've got a stat on that one. Honda's first goal uh, for Melbourne victory got 82,000 views. Uh, Bolt's first goal for the Mariners is already up to 5.4 million. Mate, he's a marketing sensation. That's what? the reason he's there, isn't it? What about that? Uh, yeah, is he going to get a contract, do you reckon? I reckon if he gets a contract, it's purely for marketing reasons. There's no way he's a good enough footballer to play in the A-League, in my opinion. They can play him against Brisbane. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Play him against Brisbane, send him home. I read something on Twitter. Someone said on Twitter, if Bolt scores against Brisbane, or if Bolt scores against any club, they, they pretty much have to retire. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Bolt will put you out of business. Um, all right, what about own goal? My own goal of the week. Considering it's non-league weekend this weekend in England with uh, the international break, I've got a, a situation from Dulwich Hamlet versus Crystal Palace. It was actually a friendly, and someone over the PA announced it 
called out a registration of a car and announced that it's going to be towed. And the goalkeeper from Dulwich Hamlet got a bit frantic and started yelling at a friend in the crowd to move his car for him. So it was his car that was in question. If that's not the most non-league thing you've ever heard of, then you got peak to... <laughs> it is peak non-league football. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, so my own goal is uh, Germany's 3-0 uh, defeat at the hands of the Netherlands overnight. So as if things couldn't get any worse for Germany after their very poor World Cup. No Ozil, no party for no, Germany. No, no, not at all. Um, so goals to Virgil van Dijk and Jeannie Wijnaldum, uh, good Liverpool boys. Liverpool connection. Uh, and Memphis Depay just really did them in. Um, I mean, Germany, yeah, obviously needed a, really was in need of a win. I was like, I'm actually surprised uh, that Lowe's still in charge. I don't know how long he's How long's he there. been there now? He's... I think he's the lo- now the longest serving German manager as well. I after, feel like his time's game. coming up, surely. But um, yeah, he's, I think he's past his use by date. <laughs> uh, all right, well... In a moment, we'll get stuck into the A-League preview. All right, A-League preview time. Uh, Damo, after an A-League season last year that was, to be honest, pretty flat and marred with VAR controversy and other other controversies, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of buzz about this season. Are you, are you looking forward to it? I am. I'm, I'm really excited about this A-League season for the first time in a few years, actually. I feel like there's a lot of good players around. There's a lot of good managers, especially. So we're going to get some good football this year and some exciting games. Yeah. So look, why don't we why don't we just go through the teams in good old alphabetical order because that's the order we've got them in, and we'll we'll look we'll answer a few questions about them. We'll we'll give you a rundown of the, their sort of story of last season, how how they did, big ins, outs, ones to watch, uh, what could go right for them, what could go wrong for them, and uh, where they'll finish. And we'll also throw in a, a cheeky kit rating as well, just to the most important part. Yeah, you know, we, we all know, we all know. Uh, all right, well, why don't we start with Adelaide? Uh, so last season was another very dry run uh, for goals for them with um, Kito, their top scorer in the, the regular season. Um, they finished fifth, uh, sort of with 36-4 and 38 against. Um, they um, lost 2-1 to the victory in the final series and um, they came second in the FFA Cup. That was good to get to the final and a pretty, pretty controversial final. It wasn't there through to the final again this year, so they're shaping up to be a bit of a cup specialist side. Yeah, seems like it, doesn't it? Uh, who, who were big ins for you for Adelaide? Uh, look, I think they've signed a lot of good... Well, not a lot. They've a few good players. Jakobsen from City was a big acquisition. Yeah, they leaked a, lot of, leaked a lot of easy goals last year, and I feel he's the kind of player that'll really shore them up and... He's a big leader as well, which I think is a big thing for them. And obviously they've signed Ben Halloran and Craig Goodwin, who I'm really excited to see. Two young Aussie wingers at the peak of their powers. Yeah, well, they should be. Goodwin, Goodwin's one that I, I think is a big in as well. Um, he looked very decent uh, in the FFA Cup, um, the, game, the last game that I saw. He looked very good. Uh, got on the score sheet as well. Um, outs. Uh, I think the loss of Daniel Adlung will hurt them. Um, he was pretty creative for him last season. Scored a few handy goals. Uh, what about you? I think the biggest out is Johan Absalonson. I felt like towards the back end of last season, he was their best player by a long way. And losing him, it's going to be a big loss. But I think bringing in Goodwin and Halloran in those similar wide positions, they might have picked something up that they lost there. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, and Halloran's actually my sort of one to watch for Adelaide this season. I mean, 
after we sort of first saw him, or I first saw him in 2014, uh, when he got a, got those few caps under Ange uh, in the World Cup, actually. He had a few World Cup appearances He did, Brazil, he did, yeah. And he did absolutely fucking nothing. Did really poorly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so since then, I was having a look at his career since then. He actually, um, in the two Bundesliga and J-League, he hasn't played a lot of football over the past couple of years and hasn't looked to have done much. So, But, I mean, he's still only 26. So if, if ever there was a time to uh, reboot your a-League career, this is this is certainly going to be one of them. So I'd say he's going to come in hungry and given the sort of uh, lack of depth that Adelaide have had recent times in the forward third, I'd say this is a good opportunity for him. So he's definitely going to be one, one to watch for me. Yeah, definitely. I think Halloran and Goodwin both have getting back to the Socceroos on their radar and coming back to the A-League is that's they see as their chance to get back in the national team. So I think both of them have got a point to prove. Yeah, and I think more than ever, I mean, we can talk about this when we talk about the Socceroos as well, but I think... Um, Given that Graham Arnold's now the Socceroos boss, uh, I think a lot of players might fancy their chances of uh, getting back to the Socceroos via the A-League more than ever. Definitely, definitely. So in terms of what could go right for them this season, um, I think the obvious one is if things finally start to gel up front and they get going, get on the score sheet, um, I think I think they could be looking pretty good. Um, what do you reckon is going to go right for them this season? Very much the same. Like you said, if if the goals start coming, then, you know, they could be really hard to stop with that, that kind of talent going forward. Yeah. And on the other end, too, they actually did lose Elrich, Garuccio and Gullum uh, from the defence, and that, that hurts. Um, they've obviously got in Jakobsen um, as well, who, who will sort of shore things up, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, if if that doesn't click straight away, I think they could be in a bit of trouble defensively. And they don't have any depth in their fullbacks. They've got one natural fullback at the club. Yeah, they're playing a centre half as a fullback. It's going to be if they have problems there, they've got no depth, and a few injuries could really gut their defence. And they leaked a few goals last year. I mean, despite the addition of Jakobsen, they could be in a bit of trouble defensively. Which they're very top heavy, Adelaide. Um, so they're going to rely a lot scoring. They've got to score a lot of goals. Yeah, and where do you, where do you reckon? Where do you see them finishing? Look, I think Adelaide are going to be in a a finals battle. I can see them just scraping into the finals like last year, but I could also see Adelaide towards the foot end of the foot end of the league. So, like we said, it all depends on how many goals they score because they're going to need to rely on scoring a lot of goals this season. Yeah, I mean. Scott Galloway's one, and Taylor Regan's someone that they rely on, and um, the youngster Ryan Strain will will definitely have to make the step up this exactly. season as well. So yeah, they're they're going to be doing it tough. I I've I've sort of picked them to finish seventh. I think they'll just miss out on finals this year. Um, what about the kit? The kit, look, they've gone back to the you know unsurprisingly, it's a predominantly red number, yeah, uh, made by Macron with a bit of a looks looks to be sort of a dark navy stripe down the sides. Uh, nothing. Nothing too spectacular. Nothing fancy, but it's good. It works. It works for Adelaide. They're a bit of a boring club, let's be honest, <laughs> and a bit of a boring kit suits them. So Sorry, good on Adelaide. Good on Adelaide. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I reckon it's about a 6 out of 10 for me. Um, the, the away kit's a bit interesting. It's one sort of yellow vertical stripe away yeah. from being an ode to the Crows, so I don't know how to feel it's about that. It's very South Australian colours, yeah, which I think is yeah. good, and the Adelaide fans will appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an Adelaide fan listening, uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Let us let us know what you think. Let us give us your rating out of ten. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we move on to Brisbane? 
good old Raw. Uh, so last season it was obviously not the not the best of seasons and not one which uh, Brisbane Raw fans will look on with too many fond memories, being the Dad's Army season in which they brought in a bunch of uh, post-35-year-olds, uh, Massimo Macarone, uh, Fahid Benkelfala. Uh, we had the slippery fish, uh, Henrique, returning to the club as well as Franjic. Uh, and, you know, a, a couple of others who were already at the club pushing the 35 barrier, um, which definitely showed itself in uh, performances on the pitch. Uh, we also had the shirt tape gate uh, in the Asian Champions League away game in the Philippines where the numbers were peeling off the back of the, the raw players' Wasn't that shirt embarrassing? produced a lot of quality memes, but that was, <laughs> that was about the best thing to come out of it. So Brisbane finished up sixth last season. Um, uh, so they scraped into finals. Uh, I think that shirt tape gate actually galvanised them, and they went on a run of good form after that. Uh, like, so, like that was the kick in the ass they needed. But um, uh, it wasn't enough when they were knocked out in week one against Melbourne City. Um, they, you know, did the standard round of thirty-two exit in the FFA Cup against A League opposition. They as, as they do, it's uh, you know certainties in life. Uh, death taxes in Brisbane getting knocked out in the <laughs> FFA Cup round of thirty-two against A League opposition. <laughs> Uh, yeah, A League, uh, Asian Champions League, they didn't fare too well either. And uh, Massimo Macarona was their top goal scorer with ten goals. So yeah, not a, not a fantastic season for them. Uh, what do you make of their transfer dealings? What do you make of the ins so far, Damo? I think they've signed some great talent. Obviously, a former Golden Boot Adam Taggart is it going to be? Is he's they're going to pin a lot of their hopes on him scoring a lot of goals this year? And I think he can. Um, he yeah. offers something a lot different than Brisbane had last season with Macaroni, who played a lot of back-to-goal kind of football. Taggart can do that because he's big and strong, but he's not, he can also get him behind. He's nice and quick. And yeah, we yeah. know he's a good finisher. We saw that in the A-League already. And if he gets back to that kind of form... Who knows what Brisbane can do this year? Yeah, agree. Proven in the A League, um, he's like certainly a little bit more in the mould of Jamie McLaren That's than right. uh, than Massimo Macarone was. So it <laughs> might suit might suit John Aloisi's style of play and what what he wants to do. Uh, another big in for me is Stefan Walk, who's in on a four year deal, uh, which is fantastic, um, and he looks already to um, be adding a bit of steel and a bit of mongrel to the midfield. Yep. A bit of creativity too. Yeah, he's a very unpredictable player, Stefan Walk. Yeah, and let's not forget about uh, the the most recent signing in midfield, uh, Alex Lopez or Alo. Alo. Uh, Alo in the A League. Alo, seven years of experience in the uh, in La Liga uh, for Celta Vigo, as well as a successful stint at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, you know, we Sheffield, won't talk about that. We won't talk about that as a, as a Blades fan here in Demo. Um, but um, look, I think he'll be one to watch as well, and he'll add a bit of technicality and and quite a lot of competition in that midfield for spots now. He's very part of that. Mould that we've seen John Aloisi sign as defensive midfielders, a very ball playing. Loves a Spanish midfielder, doesn't he? Quarterback like midfielder, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we had Corona, Herba, Sarana. There's been a lot of them there, and yeah. but that's that's the way John Aloisi likes to play football. He likes to be creative in the midfields, and they got such a dynamic front line this year. Mickelson, another new signing, a wide player. Eric Botiak, he's got his. Full preseason under his belt, and he looks like he could be a star this season of the A League if he gets yeah, firing. Absolutely, we know his quality. Um, for the outs, uh, so the Raw got rid of a lot of the uh, over thirty fives brigade, which I think was the right move over the off season. So I think they look to have balanced the squad out a little bit better now. Um, who do you think out of the outs that uh, we're gonna miss? I think the biggest out is Corey Brown. He Back end of last season, he really showed that he's he's coming into his own now. He's turning into a class A-League player. And he's he's one of the best left-backs in the league, I think. Um, 
But so he'll be a big loss. But like you said, a lot of the players that left were Dad's army's gone, and it's probably a good thing that Brisbane have got rid of, got rid of a lot of them and get some fresh faces in. Yeah, now we've got child soldiers. Exactly, Dylan Wenzel Hall. Coletti's back from injury. Coletti, all the young boys are back. <laughs> yeah, look, um, yeah, I think I think you're right, Damon. I think um, I think Brown would will be a big loss, and obviously he was a fan favourite at the Roar as well, and just another player that we um, you know, we we developed just to send back down to Melbourne Victory. We the feeder turn, club turning into the feeder club here, but um, a bit unfortunate. No, nah, look, I think I think Brownie was developing at Brisbane, but I think he's probably an A League uh fullback at best, and I think um, young O'Toole will sort of uh, deputise and fill in nicely and make that role his own. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think that's that's probably the biggest weakness in the transfer window from Brisbane. Just um, lost a bit of depth in the fullback positions there. Uh, who was your one to watch? My one to watch for Brisbane this season is Dylan Wenzel Halls. He's uh, he's come from the NPL Queensland, scoring a boatload of goals. He scored twenty three goals in eleven games that's at the a start. Big stat. A lot of goals, including nine goals in one game. So we uh, know that, he can that score bumps goals. Up the stat sheet, though, doesn't it? We know he can score goals, <laughs> but can he do it at the A League level? Like you don't even score that many goals in futsal. No, you don't. So yeah. what's he doing? <laughs> oh yeah, I think it'd be yeah. That's it's definitely one to watch. Uh, if he can make that step up um, from NPL to A League level, he looks uh, from what I've seen of him in the preseason, which admittedly isn't much. Um, he looks to be uh, one that might come off the bench um, and give Taggart a rest from time to time. He's, so, he's very much in the same mould as Taggart, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it looks to be at quite a young age. Yeah, very, very fast and very powerful. And um, he's yeah, got a good shot on him. He's so, got great technique. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he'd definitely be one to watch for me as well as as well as Mork, um, just to see how he goes in the midfield and yep. that sort of steel and energy that he'll add that that the Raw are a bit lacking to sort of. Uh, we look at we looked a bit disconnected last season, so I think Mork will will give us that as well as um, you know that sort of that sort of mongrel that uh, you know we got out of Barisha for for all of those years that he was at the Raw. Um, in terms of what's going to go right this season, for me, um, I think you, you hit on it before, Damo, with uh, with Botiak now having had a full preseason under his belt, and you add into that Mickelson on the other wing, um, supplying Taggart in the middle. Enrique coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, and you've got TK and Stefan Mork in the midfield uh, with a bit of energy and quality, and Alo as well. Um, I don't know I don't know where Matty Mackay fits into that roundup, to be honest with you. He's got to fit in somehow. He's... He's a stalwart of the club. He's going to play. He can play as long as he wants, can't he? That, that's kind of what it's se- seeming like, yeah. isn't it? Um, what do you? What, where do you see them sort of uh, tripping up this season? What's going to trip the roar up and stop them being successful? I think, I mean, they've got, I think, the best goalkeeper in the A-League at the moment in Jamie Young. Yeah. He's really proven himself. You know, he had a lot of doubters when he first came to the A-League, but he's proven himself as he's come in. And so, despite having him... The back line have had a lot of trouble with injuries. Daniel Bowles doesn't he doesn't play that many games. Luke Devere's had a lot of injuries. So trying to keep the same regular back four, which is a real indicator of a strong side, is when you can put the same back four out every week and they play with each other and they're comfortable. That's where Brisbane might fall apart this year. Injuries was actually what I had down for what could go wrong as well. Yeah, so like Bowles, as you said, obviously Devere's injury prone as well. Coletti's coming back from an injury. Enrique's yep. been known to be injured over the years. You've got Botiak who's been injury prone. It's like really the only one of the back four that you can yeah. be assured that's going to play every week is Jack Hingott. I mean, yeah. he's got an engine and he'll play every week. But if he gets injured, 
we're we're a bit stretched. Yeah, you might have, yeah, that might be uh, where Negro, uh, the one of the new recruits yep. uh, going the other way from Melbourne Victory, sort of comes in because uh, we know that he can play in that fullback role as well. And he's he played looks, there before, and he, he's done well. He looks like he would be good cover there. So uh, yeah, it'd be good to see. Uh, where do you where do you see the raw finishing? Look, I see the raw finishing in the finals, but I can't see them making the top four. I think they've got a good team, a young team, but uh, they haven't really gelled. I mean, they've got a lot of new players and a lot of their most important players are new to the club. So it depends on whether John Aloisi has got the team together as a group, if they'll play well. So, look, I'm going to put Brisbane at fifth. I'm going to say they might finish fifth. Yeah, okay. I'm actually pretty bullish on the Raw. I don't know whether I've just bought into the preseason hype a bit too hard. But well, they've I'll... had the best preseason ever, I think, for the club. They've got the new academy. So. They've got the new training ground. They've got an academy graduate sign a first team they've contract in the Aaron squad. Reardon. They've got, uh, you know, they've got, uh, they've, they've recruited in re- really key positions at players, you know, uh, in and around the sort of peak of their powers. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm quite bullish. Obviously, the the caveat is that uh, they don't get too many injuries. But let's let's see how it goes. Um, kit rating. What do you think of the strip? The strip back to black and orange. Look, it's black and orange is where Brisbane Raw is at now. It's we, they've come a long way from the orange, blue, and maroon kind of get up they had in the first few seasons. But black and white, uh, orange and white last year looked a bit Arsenal for me and. I think black and orange is where it's at. and yeah. I, I actually really enjoy the kit, and I enjoy the way they've promoted the kit and promoted the new sponsors. I think, for me, the kit's are 8 out of 10. Oh, nice. I've, I've got them a 7 out of 10. Um, the, I'm glad that they've spo- uh, monochromed the sponsor in there. When they first re- announced that Actron Air, Australia's uh, fourth or fifth favourite air, um, will will be the sponsor, they had this real. They mocked up a really dodgy blue and white thing that just didn't look right on the kit. So I'm glad they've got that looking right. Um, but I'm still not completely sold on the pastely washed out grey away kit. I might end up loving it, but I'm I'm not completely sold uh, yet. Grey grey away seems like the thing the world over at the moment, doesn't it? The grey away mm, the kit. The Man United yeah. like washed out. The Chelsea third kit. Umbro, uh, yeah, Umbro are doing it all over the place. Um, yeah, so look, and I, I haven't seen a third kit from them yet, but they they better bring back Marone. All right, it's gonna be euphoric. They got to bring back the Marone, <laughs> the state of origin. Uh, all right, Central Coast Mariners. So last season they got off to a pretty bright start and got a flyer last yeah, year. Yeah, Daniel De Silva looked to be just running that place, but they just didn't have goals in them and it just got a bit disconnected and uh then they ended up finishing wooden spooners again. It all fell apart. Ocon lost his job. But I tell you what, they've done some bloody good transfer business, getting in McCormack, Tommy Orr. Yep. Uh, and and Mulvey in as well. I mean, I know he came in um sort of end of last A-league season. A League grand final yeah. winner. Yeah, so They've got a they've got a winner, um, in Mulvey uh, at the head and uh, McCormack. We know what he can do in the A League. Um, and, and Tommy Orr. I guess the question around him is whether he'll be whether we hungry enough and whether he wants it. But if he does, um, they've given him the ten as well. So, um, that's a that's a pretty big statement from them. Who do you who do you think are the sort of few big ins for the Mariners? Look, like you said, Colby, the Mariners have done a lot in the transfer window. They yeah they they've lost a few players, but. They've gained a lot of talent, and I think Jack Clisby and Jonathan Aspro, these are players that are, they've solidified their spots in A-League clubs in the last few years, and they're really coming into their own as solid A-League level players. And they're, they're the kind of players that we're talking about before that will play week in, week out, that you need these kind of consistent performers, and I think they both are. And then you've got other players like Corey Gamero, 
He's been around. He's had a lot of injuries, but we know what he can do when he's fit. He scores yeah. goals and he's talented. So that's and a he big. He was actually game. fit for most of the season last year. Brisbane um, did the majority of his rehabbing and got him in for quite a few appearances. Unfortunately, things didn't really happen for him at the Raw. I, and, and I sort of put that down to it was just it was just one of those things. It just wasn't happening. Like, and uh, that's pro- and that's probably why he's left. He's gone to get this chance somewhere else. Yeah. And, yeah, he might play second fiddle to McCormack, who came in quite late. and But he does play first fiddle to Lucy Zelich. He does, he does, <laughs> he very much does. Um, oh, look, one to watch, oh, for me, before we get on to one to watch, though, why don't we talk about outs, big outs. Uh, I think um, uh, we mentioned it before, Danny De Silva. Big um, out, yeah, big loss. Big loss to them going over to Sydney FC on loan, um, otherwise known as the uh, Danny De Silva Sydney FC loan rule. Uh, and also Bahaja is a pretty big out because we, and we'll talk about him, um, when we get to, uh, his new club, but, um, he, he's looking like he's really developing in, in sort of A-League stature as well. What do you you think? Oh, very much so. Like you said, we'll talk about him a little bit later when we talk about ones to watch for the league, but he looks like he could be a big loss. Look, they had a couple of loss, a couple outs that. I actually think will benefit the team overall. Wout Brahma and Alan Barrow. Yeah, I had those two as sort of benefiting the yeah, team as well. It's, I mean, yeah, they had a lot of experience coming in, but it seemed like they were here in the A-League last year on a holiday in Gosford. They didn't care. Well, they didn't Wout Brahma like tried care. to break Amiro's leg last season, and uh, so I don't know if they could uh, work in the same dressing room. Yeah, but, like, I mean, we both agree that that's, that's probably going to be a good thing for the team is getting personalities like that out of the club. Yeah. Uh, all right, then, why don't we go to one to watch... Uh, Aiden O'Neill for me, uh, Burnley youngster. He's over here on loan. Uh, pick him up reasonably often in uh, FIFA career mode when I'm taking young teams up to the Premier League. Always. <laughs> He's got good potential, I'll tell you he what. He does, does. He always does. Uh, no, but they, Football manager wonder kid nearly. Yeah, they, they rate him quite highly. And I, I'm, I'm very interested and I'm very happy to see him in the A-League because I want to see what he's all about. Exactly. And he's another one of these players we're talking about, the A-League now being a, a place where the Socceroos will get a lot of their talent coming through because Graham Arnold's a coach, and he's probably seen the A-League as an opportunity to get selection for the national team. And if he plays football week in, week out, and he's performing, I can't see why not he wouldn't be a part of it. This is one of those deals, isn't it, that just works for every single party involved. It does. Involved. It, it, does. Works, it, really it works does. for Aiden because he's getting football. He's putting himself in the potentially in the Socceroos spotlight. It works for Burnley because it looks like they're hanging around in the Premier League longer than perhaps Dave and um, predicted that they'd be around. So they can't yep. offer him regular first-team football. Um, so And it's good for them to keep Aidan O'Neill on their books because they obviously rate him. Um, and it works for us as fans because we get to see these talented young Australians who can playing in the league. Who go back and play in the Premier League exactly. or play in Europe as well. So, yeah, that's great. Also, another uh, big in that I didn't touch on before was Michael McGlinchey. He's come back yeah. to the club. He, uh, last, yeah, he might be past his Knicks. best. Yeah. He's, he's past his best, a few years past his best, but he's on his day, he's one of the most creative players in the league and he's... he's a dead ball specialist, which is a common term we throw around here, but he really is. And Corners, he, free kicks, his delivery is always on point. And he could definitely keep uh, Tommy All hungry as well. If you've got a, if you've got a, uh, a player of McGlinchey's quality, sort of snapping at your heels, or all the other way around, Tommy Orr is sort of snapping at his heels. So hopefully those two will uh, keep each other hungry as well. Um, what do you see uh, as going right for the Mariners this season? Look, I think a lot of the same with Adelaide. If you know, things can go right. The club's going to go in an upwards direction. You can't get any worse than they finished last year. Finished on a down. They weren't playing good football. They sacked their manager. Things are only going to get better. That's what's going to be good for the Mariners and being a Mariners fan. Um, 
So that's that's for me is what's going to go right for them. Um, they can only get better from last year. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree. Um, I think goals will be the key for the Mariners, and um, yeah, if McCormack's up for it, we know that he can he can certainly he can score that. goals. I mean, up until a few weeks ago, I was saying if you if you're relying on Matt Ryan up front, then you might be Matt Simon up front, <laughs> not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan could bang him in. Oh, though. he probably could. You know, <laughs> he can do anything that with that talent. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you were relying on Matt Simon up front, then you're in a bit of trouble. But you've got Ross McCormack at the Mariners now, and. Like Colby said, we know what he can do. He can bang goals in for fun. Yeah. Um, the thing that I probably see as potentially being their undoing again is um, is perhaps the midfield. Um, I don't know. If it, I don't know. I feel how like connected. they're a bit thin. Yeah. So look, if if they can if they can really link up with um, with the forwards and provide cover to the uh, to the back line, uh, which to be honest isn't isn't the best back line in the A League. Uh, and if they can sort of keep it tight and, and do their job, then I think um, I think the Mariners will do quite well. Um, I'm I'm pretty bullish on the Mariners as well. I, I'm actually predicting them to make finals this year. You are, yeah. Wow. I think they're going to have a great season. I think McCormack and Tommy Orr uh, under Mulvey. Um, uh, I think that combination is going to really work. I see them finishing fourth. I've got uh, Central Coast finishing eighth, so a little bit better than last year. But hey, they, they're steps. moving up, aren't they? Baby steps. All right. What do you think of their strip? I actually really like the Mariners trip this year. I think it's the best kit they've had in a in a few years. Actually, I like the the big bold stripes, the bolt stripes as we'll the call bold them. Stripes. Um, oh, we haven't even talked about we, bold, have well, we? We'll talk about bolt gate, Colby's favourite topic. Because he's not even. I mean, he's not even got a contract yet, and I know we did mention him before, but um, uh, we, Suncorp, we didn't. Men- Suncorp's a week away, and he hasn't been offered a contract. We so. didn't mention his brace this week. Oh, we did mention his brace this yeah, weekend. Yeah, we did. We did. Of course we did. We've got to, we've got to get that in there. <laughs> but he's in all the marketing material. Bolt's been featured in the new strip. But yeah, like you say, it's the um, for those who haven't seen it, uh, it's it's the sort of barcode that or the or the printer running out of ink. Uh, it's sort of uh, horizontal uh, vertical stripes, and they sort of thin out going in one direction. This one is one that. Um, I really hated when it first came out, but it's really growing yeah, on me. Yeah, it grows on you. Um, I must admit, I still hate that collar that Umbro are putting out with the little button on it. Um, not a fan, but, but yeah, it's, I reckon it's still about a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, look, I had it at a 7 out of 10. I, I Purely because I liked it because Central Coast have had bad jerseys for the last few years, let's be honest, and this one's probably the best they've had in a while. So 7 yeah. out of 10 is a good rating. That's only for their home strip, though. Their away strip, with it's got the uh, white and... Um, like it's got a, it's like a Socceroos twenty thirteen or maybe it was even twenty ten when they had that one big line down the side and then they've got the away kits uh, the the blue with the, like a white spray painted sash the the away sponsor doesn't look any good it just looks thrown together doesn't it rubbish uh, all right um, Melbourne City Melbourne City so last season um, where did they finish last year. Go back up to my notes. They finished third last year. That's right, and they, um, they down did, to Brisbane yeah. in the finals in the first game, and yeah. we had a we had a Melbourne derby. That's right, in the finals yeah. last year, which victory got up. Yeah, so I think last season was was uh, a pretty good season, you'd say for them. Um, after the way they they sort of lose good players every season and have to sort of make do with what they've got. Um, big ins for them, obviously. Um, Riley McGree. Um, Richie Delight uh, and uh, Curtis Good as well. That's a good signing, that one. It's a good signing. Um. <laughs> but actually, I think their biggest in is Mark Berrigitte. Yeah, right. Uh, having lost Dean Buzanis, which he started playing some good football to the back end of last season, 
Birrigitte, we know what he can do. He had a great season with Newcastle a few years ago. and He, he hasn't been playing a lot of football, though. He hasn't. Has he? he went over for his European adventure, and like a lot of young Aussies, they don't play, and they come back to get football. But, look, I think he's also another one of those players that has come back to the A-League for a Socceroos chance. And at City, he's got the best opportunity. I mean, he's part of a... You know, it's it's a great organisation as a club. It's run really well. The facilities are the best best you can ask for, and... Very good. He's, he's got a lot of work to do, but I think he could be a great keeper moving forward. He's still only young. Yeah, yeah, and especially in keeper years as well. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a good signing. Um, big outs, obviously Daniel Arzani going off to Celtic. Uh, still hasn't broken into the first team there yet, but um, yeah, at least he's, he's got his move. But um, big out uh, for City, uh, as well as uh, losing Mork and Buzanis. Um, they they're pretty big outs for me. For me, the biggest out was Bruce Kamau. Yeah. I thought he had a breakout season last year, and he's a big out for City. He played. He didn't score as many goals as I'm sure he'd hoped, but he he was a, he scored more goals than he had in any previous season before. But he was playing some really good football in stages and in patches, and it was about his consistency. But I think for City, he was one of their best players last year. Yeah, and we'll talk about Kamau when we get on to the Wanderers. Um... But yeah, he could be he could be a big out or he couldn't. It's uh, I think I think this is a real really critical season for Kamal. But it let's is. yeah, let's talk to him. Let's talk about him when we get onto the Wanderers. Uh, one to watch. Look, my one to watch is Curtis Good. He hasn't played a lot of football over the last few years. He broke in and played played some really good football, obviously, and earned himself a move over to Newcastle United in England. Um, he never really got a chance there and. I don't think he even got loaned out once at all, if you can confirm that for me, Colby. I don't think he ever got loaned out and played first-team football anywhere. I think he, he might have gone somewhere and didn't play and he came back early, but he's played probably a handful of games in the last three or four seasons. Yeah, he did. He had a couple of loan spells, so he went out to Bradford City on loan but played three games Yeah, uh, and went to Dundee United on loan as well and played and made four appearances, so he's not played a lot of football. He's in the, not in the played past any football, years. but I think he's the same kind of story as what we said, Bruce Kamau. He could either be a really, really good signing and really prove that he's a good footballer, or he could fall flat. And it's another critical season for someone like Curtis Good, who broke onto the scene as a future Socceroos player and, and a leader. He, he come, he's got that vibe about him. He's a leader as he, on the field, and this year's going to be huge for him. And I think being alongside Richie Delayette, who Manchester United talent, he's played a lot of games in the Premier League, I think that's going to be a big thing for Curtis Good to play alongside him at the back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one to watch for me is Riley McGree. Uh, we saw how we saw how good he was at Newcastle last year with that, oh, my goodness, scorpion kick. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so I think... Um, how well uh, you know he can he can sort of kick on and get into the setup at City, uh, yeah, as well as Richie Delight, as you say, who we know can play um, a variety of sort of defensive and midfield roles, and, and as well as sort of giving the the club that extra leadership on the pitch. Uh, and I think if all that comes together, that's definitely what's going to be going right for the club. But um, yeah, look, another one. Um, is if they get injuries to key players like, and we haven't we we haven't mentioned Fauna Rolly who was out for most of last season. And they're with really relying on him for goals this yep. year. They've and got no backup. That's right. So if if Fauna Rolly gets injured, I think that'll really hurt their chances. But if they can keep Fauna Rolly fit, I actually see them as as 
finishing in finals and challenging yep. for, for once. For all their bluster, Melbourne City sort of show us every season and for as good as their squads seem to appear on paper every season, mm-hmm. I think this could be the one, if all goes right with uh, with injuries and, and players gelling, uh, I, I see them as finishing third. I agree. I had them finishing third as well. I just feel like, like Colby said, it's it's City's year in terms of the football, the final product can really come together now. And it's been building and we feel like it's been happening. And I think this is City's year to finally start putting their name up there and saying, look, we can win the league. Yeah, and it makes um, it makes that round one Melbourne derby even oh, more tasty, it's gonna doesn't it? it's going to be a big game next week, isn't it? Yeah. All right, what do you think of their strip? Their strip is, I like it. It's very... So it's a minimalistic Nike It's very minimalistic, number. which I'm a fan of. It's, you know, it's very City. You know, it's the light blue and white. It's what you expect and... But I really like it. I think it's simple. It works, and that city. Yeah, I like the new. I like the new socks as well. I think they go well with yep. the, the little fade and the the tick in the middle. And um, I I must admit I'm a sucker for minimalistic night kits. As we've, as listeners to more than a game will know, in the past couple of weeks with kit chat, I'm I'm definitely partial to a minimalistic night kit. Albeit there have been a bit cookie cutter of late. Um, I reckon this is about an eight out of ten for me. I, yeah, I, see, really I, like I had a seven one. out of ten. I think it just works for city. Yeah. It's the kind of club they are. Yeah, minimalist, not a lot of substance. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, okay, Melbourne victory then. Melbourne victory, last uh, year's grand final winners. Under controversial uh, VAR circumstances, uh, they, they actually finished the regular season in fourth yep. and went on to win the finals, which was um, a credit to them um, and a credit to their sort of quality in big games. They're, they're definitely a big game team they um, are. to take nothing. You know, you can't take that away from them. Um Got through to the round of 16 in the FFA Cup and um, got into the group stage of the Champions League. So overall, you'd say that's a very successful season. Um, big ins speak for themselves, and I think they had the biggest ins of the of the um, A-League transfer dealings. Biggest with, headlines, anyway. Yeah, with KSK Honda and Ola Toivonen coming in. Um, absolutely massive. Anyone else on your radar in terms of the ins, Damo? Um, I think George Niedermeyer, who's come in from the Bundesliga, from Freiburg. He's been a solid player in yep. Germany for the last few years, and he's kind of come in without a lot of bluster. He's come in on the back of Honda and Toivonen, and no one's really spoken about him. But well, they don't really in- Melbourne Victory don't really invest heavily in their in their backline, and they never they? have. Yeah. But I think he's a really solid investment as as you know as an experienced player who who can lead them from the back. You know they've lost a few defenders. They lost Reese Williams and James Donachy and. Niedermeyer could really fill that hole in their back line that they need someone to take over. Yeah, well, he's going to need to because he's lining up beside the likes of uh, Storm Ruin. Corey Brown, as we've already said, obviously that's a big end, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to go right for the victory in their back line. Yep. Um, in terms of big outs, obviously the biggest out is uh, Bess Aparisha, the all-time A-League uh, leading goal scorer. Um, that that is an absolutely massive out. Huge for them. out, huge out. Um, and the other one I had uh, was Leroy George. Yep. Um, who uh, put in something like thirty four appearances off the top of my head. I think and a lot of assists, me, a lot of good deliveries, a lot of assists, and eight very handy goals as well. Yep. Um, so I think that's a big out for them. Anyone else on your radar, Damo? Uh, no, I think you hit it on the head there. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, mean, I mentioned Donicky well. and Williams yeah. leaving, but yeah. Look, they didn't really kick on at the victory like you thought they would. As no, well, did no, they, they didn't. Um, in terms of one to watch, for me, it's Toivonen and how well he's going to fill that uh, hole that's left by Barisha in the front line there. The, the whole way that victory played and set up their system and style was all 
all revolved around Borussia, and you saw that whenever Borussia had a minor knock or needed to come off, the way that uh, the victory played their football just wasn't the same. Um, so if, if Toivonen can uh, slot into that role or they can sort of adapt their sort of style and system around him, um, which they very well could, uh, I think I think he will be one to watch and how he settles into the A-League. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I had a note here that... Losing George and Borussia could be a big loss for Melbourne victory unless Kevin Musket can really change the way he played football last season. They like you, like you said, Colby. They relied a lot on the desire and the hunger from Borussia up front and chasing. And he just wanted it more. He than just every wanted player. it. He did, and that's simple. You gotta want put. it. And he and George were very similar in the fact they loved pressing high. They loved winning the ball back in in good areas and and creating something in a transition. And see, I don't think you're going to get that same energy from Honda and Toivonen and their two replacements. They might be big names and bring a lot of reputation, but they're at the back end of their career. They're you know they're thirty plus. They're not going to bring that energy. They'll bring the quality, yeah. but whether or not they can bring that hunger and energy that George and Barisha gave the team last year, I don't know. And that's the big question for me. Yeah, and Toivonen obviously looked hungry in the World Cup, especially uh, in that performance against Germany, scoring that beautiful goal. Wonderful goal. Um, so yeah, I think look, two World Cup goal scorers, Honda and Toivonen. Massive. Uh, yeah, and we know that KSK can hit them from uh, set pieces, so they'll be very dangerous uh, winning penalties in and around the um, in and around the box. Um, so I think yeah, if things were to go right for the victory, it's going to it's going to involve Toivonen, and KSK Honda, uh, Troisi and Barbarousis on either side because you'd you'd have to think that KSK will play as a ten. Um, and where does James Troisi fit in? Because we know he's not happy when he doesn't play through the middle. No. Yeah, well, we don't know how, how Muskie are going to fit both him and KSK into the same lineup. Maybe Melbourne Victory fans have a different view. And if there are any Melbourne Victory fans listening, um, hit us up on More Than A Game on Twitter or the Facebook uh, and let us know how you, how you see that fitting together. Otherwise, we'll find out in round one. Um, but that's, that's, I think, going to be what it hinges on for the victory, that sort of th- those front four working together. Yep. If, if that doesn't come together, then it's all, it's all going to fall apart for them. They've got a lot of quality, but it needs to, it needs to gel. Uh, where do you see them finishing, Damo? Look, I've got victory finishing up there in the final series. I mean, they're a big club. They always do. The expectation on them is to always finish up there. But I've got them in fifth, actually. Wow. One spot behind Brisbane. I just feel like... The defence at victory, it's a brand new back four. Whether they can gel, I feel like they're going to leak a lot of goals. And I don't know if they've got the same amount of goals in them. Barisha and George are gone. And that's my big question. Can Honda and Toivonen fill the gap? And will they be able to stop conceding goals? And I feel like this is a big season for Musket. Big season. Absolutely. Especially after missing out on the Socceroos gig, which we we know that he was interested in as well. So... Uh, I think that's a good good shout. Like, where do they go from there? If this doesn't work, we, his career sort of stalled. Um, and, and yep. he if the victory be... don't start the season well, we know how big that club is and the pressure that the fans will put on Musket as soon as things aren't going right. So, for him, it's a big season. Very big season. Yeah. I actually see um, the, the quality up the front as working together and as coming together. I think they're going to finish in first. Um, yeah, much wow. As, much as I hate to say it, because their fans are insufferable when they're winning. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I see it as clicking. Um, in terms of their strip, oh, it's the uh, it's the Adidas barcode V. 
Um, it looks like it's sort of had bits faded in around it that look like the facade of Amy Park on it. Like, I see what they're kind of going for, but it doesn't doesn't really work for me. Look, it's not the best victory kit. Um, you know what you're going to get from a victory kit. It's going to be the big V, the go on the Victoria. But you can do it right and you can do it wrong. And this year they've done it wrong. Yeah. For me, it's a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I've given it a 6. Um, Adidas normally have, or have of late have been making such good kits too, and the way they've the way they've sort of um, tried to meld the A League badge into the V as well, it sort of stands out a bit funny. Not just working. didn't work for me yeah. this year. Uh, Newcastle, so last season's runners up, um, and you know unfortunately missed out uh, right at the right at the last against the victory. The Jets though looked to be playing their best football after. Um, you know, a couple of seasons uh, of underperformance and despite uh, losing key players to injury and suspension throughout the season. Um, so they finished second. They scored 57 goals last season, um, conceded 37. So defence was always a bit of an issue. Um, they Yeah, they lost 1-0 to the victory um, and uh, got knocked out in the FFA Cup round of 32. Uh, and they got to the round of 16 in 2018, so that improves. Uh, who do you see as big ins for Newcastle? Look, there's not been a lot of change in their squad, which I think is going to be a huge thing for them this season, probably their biggest strength. They haven't had a lot of change. But if we're going to go on the biggest ins, I think Mitch Austin is going to add a lot to the club. He adds a different dimension that they didn't have last season. He's very direct. He runs at full. He runs at your fullbacks. And he'll offer something they didn't have, which is, you know, if things aren't going right, you can, you can go to that backup plan. So I think he's probably their biggest in for me. What about you, Colby? Yeah, look, they've signed uh, the Brazilian Jair Eduardo, who I must admit um, I've never heard of, uh, but he seems to be their big, their big player who they're looking to sort of pin their a lot of their goal scoring hopes on. Although they still have uh, O'Donovan there, who's who's obviously more than capable of banging them in at A League level, as well as uh, Joey Champness, Dimi Petrados, and uh, Ronnie Vargas. Uh, who are all uh, very quality players, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jair looks to be the big uh, the big in for them this season. Um, big outs, obviously. Riley McGree uh, took the Danny De Silva loan move and joined Melbourne City. What, yep. do, you, what do you reckon um, about their outs? Yeah, look, he was clearly their biggest out, Riley McGree, but also losing their first-choice goalkeeper. Uh, Jack Duncan. Yeah, he was pretty big for them he, last he season. Did. I he thought. came I'm out of nowhere. He left. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. And he had a good season, and um, I think he's gone to the Middle East, so he's getting a bit of a pay packet, and you know, stuff in the savings account. But got good on him. In. You got you got to cash in when you're playing good football. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be their biggest out is losing Jack Duncan because, as you said before, they did struggle conceding a lot of goals last year. So they haven't signed a new goalkeeper. They're relying on a backup keeper from last year. Yeah. Um, who was your one to watch? My one to watch for Newcastle is from the NPL Victoria this year. He played for Avondale. His name's Kane Shepherd. He, sounds like, he sounds like an NPL player, doesn't he? He sounds Kane like Shepherd. an NPL player. He's actually British. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So he came out to Australia a few years ago on the back of a lot of good reputation from non-league in England. Scored a lot of goals over there and he... He came out here to Melbourne, and he's he's played some really good football this year for Avondale. I think the way he's played more so than the goals he's scored has impressed me. He's, he looks like a very classy footballer, unbelievably talented, bringing the ball down from the air and scoring good goals. So if he gets a lot of minutes this year, which, you know, if O'Donovan and the new Brazilian 
uh, Eduardo don't kick off, then and Kane Shepard gets his chance, I think he'll score in the A-League. I think he's ready. Wow, that's big. Um, it's Vargas for me. Yep. Uh, one to watch. Very good I mean, point. Barely played last yeah, year. Yeah, barely played. But in the couple of games that he played, he looked absolute quality. Yeah. Um, He's so just got I'm, something special, doesn't he? I'm looking forward to seeing him this season. Hopefully they can keep him fit. Um, in terms of what's going to go right, uh, Dimi Petrados has just re-signed with the club and, and committed his long-term future to Newcastle, or at least given them the chance of picking up a, a tasty transfer yep. fee if they choose to sell Steven him. Steven Ugarkovic as well just signed a new contract, yeah. who's another big acquisition, same. Not as big as Petratos, but... And hopefully um, up-and-coming rapper Joey Champness can continue his development. And you throw in uh, O'Donovan there, I think um, I think the Jets are going to do pretty well this season. Yeah. Well, I've actually got the Jets finishing top of the league this year, Colby. So I Big, feel that's a... I feel like the Jets have just got something about them that it's a good time to be a Newcastle fan, and I think I think they'll finish top of the league. Where do you think they'll finish? Oh, mate, I think they're going to finish in sixth. Wow. Unfortunately. We've got a few di- big differences here, don't we? Yeah. Um, look, for me, I think the defence has always been a bit shaky. It was a bit shaky last season, and we saw that they were they were. Yeah, pretty reliant on their first choice uh, centre back pairing, uh, and whenever those guys weren't together, they were um, they were they were not in the same shape, especially Bugard. Um, so uh, he's always got a few red cards in, old Nige. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think a few losses are going to catch up with them, a few maybe on the road, and uh, but they'll they'll scrape into finals and um, hopefully put in a good showing there. But they've definitely got quality. New kits, uh, they've. The um, Newcastle Jets kits were received with a fair bit of fanfare, I must say, on social media. People were people were particularly frothing their white and gold uh, championship throwback uh, kit. Um, it's uh, by by a kit manufacturer called Viva. Um, never heard of them. Never heard of them. Um, uh, I hate this kit. I hate all of their kits. I'm sorry, Newcastle fans, but like I think it, I think it's an unpopular opinion too because I think most people love them but I'm um, on I'm on your boat I really don't like them I don't like the colors I don't, they don't look they don't look quality either I don't know they look cheap let's yeah. be honest they look cheap yeah sorry guys but <laughs> and the, I don't know the like the Chinese sponsor doesn't really doesn't really go well with most I don't like the shiny metallic yeah, look that really gets shiny. me I'm, I'm giving it 5 out of 10 yeah that's what I had 5 <laughs> out of 10 it really didn't tick any of my boxes pass mark like you can wear it but but you don't want to no <laughs> uh, Perth Glory or the Perth uh, Wanderers as they're now known yeah Popovich Glory uh just missed out on finals last year, going down to Brisbane on the final day to finish up in eighth. Uh, they just started leaking goals towards the end of last season, and that was uh, Kenny Lowe's undoing after a, a long time. And then they brought in Popovich. Um, Castro goes again. Rumour is he's uh, done most of a preseason this time around. Most, not, not yeah. all. Not Does all. what he wants, Does apparently. What he wants. Trains when he wants. Um, big ins uh, for the Perth Wanderers. Economides for me. I feel very similar. Economides and for me, Spiranovic is the biggest in. Spira, yeah. Shores up that back line and, I mean, he's a quality footballer on his day. There's a couple of more than a game listeners that are big Spiranovic fans too, so I'm sure they're going to appreciate that shout-out, Damo. Um, and they've also they've also brought in uh, Popovich favourite Santalab um, and and other defenders uh, Jason Davidson and Tommy Masella as well Tommy Masella and Ivan Franjic as well yeah so um, 
some Socceroos, uh, some ex Socceroos, and some Socceroos yep. hopefuls. Oh, you can't, you can't forget Socceroos, Tando so. Flappy. He's turned up at the glory this year. <laughs> He's going to flap it a few more crosses, I'm sure. Oh, Flappy. Um, so, yeah, a lot of big ins there, big outs. Uh, obviously, Taggart going over the raw, that was massive. Yep. Um, and Perth were quite dirty about that after doing a lot of his rehabbing and um, only to have him go away to the raw in somewhat controversial circumstances. But I yeah, also think that. Um, that Kenny Lowe himself could be could be a big out, um, depending on how Popovich goes um, getting this team to buy into his philosophy and style of football. Uh, who who did you see as being a big out, Damo? Same as well. Adam Taggart's a big out. Um, they lost Joe Mills, who was a left back last year. I think he had a good season. Um, I think he could have gone around again, but obviously we spoke on the the defenders they've brought in. I think they've probably brought in just as much quality that's gone. Yeah. Um, apart from Taggart, I mean, you've got. Andy Keogh is still up front, which they're going to rely on a lot. But now that they're not going to have that problem of trying to fit two star strikers in the same team, because we know that Santalab's happy sitting on the bench and coming off the bench and scoring goals, and he's done that for years now, and he does it well. So to have that option of him from the bench and Keogh to start, and they know their place and know their role is going to be a huge thing for them. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see what um, Popovich can get out of particularly the, the existing guys in Keogh and Castro because uh, they, they at times, under Kenny Lowe, looked like they were on holidays. Yep. Um, who's your one to watch? One to watch? We touched on him before, but Economides. We saw a little few flashes of brilliance last yeah, year at the he, Wanderers. He was and very good in, in fits and starts for the Wanderers. Yeah, and I think under Popovich, who really likes to play that front end of the park free-for-all kind of football where you just express yourself going forward and I think he'll really flourish in that kind of that kind of football which is good for Australian football because Economides was knocking on the door of the Socceroos was, a little while ago and he was Ange liked him and and I'm sure if Popovich can get the most out of him then um, we'll see a good season from Economides yeah uh, Spiranovic is my one to watch. Um, playing in the uh, Chinese second uh, tier for a while, he fell out with the Socceroos, uh, so hasn't played a whole lot of football. But he's obviously uh, a quality defender, highly rated, and and someone who we need back in the um, Socceroos setup. Being he's a the kind of player we well. need in, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's in. It's definitely in the Socceroos uh, interest to see him have a good season. So he'll he'll definitely be one I'll be watching closely. Um, in terms of what's going to go right for them this season, um, I think uh, potentially their back line could be now one of the best in the league. I agree. So particularly along some someone like Lowy, who's now proven in the A-League. Um, they could be pretty hard I to break down. I they've still got Kilkenny there sitting in front of the back four as well, and he's he's a good player. So, they, yeah, they could be very hard to break down. What, what do you reckon? Is yeah, I think right? the same thing. Um, we've seen Popovich loves to shore up the back as a... As a defender himself, he loves to build from the back and work from there. And I think he's done, he's brought the right players in to do that. And like you said, if they can click, this could be one of the best back fours in the league. Yeah, agree. Uh, the thing that could be their undoing is, um, yeah, Keo and Castro, like I said, um, it depends what, what they can, what Popper can get out of them uh, without Taggart there providing that energy. Um, you know, Economides, I think, will will fit in well, but it's it's what you can get out of those guys and whether you can get those guys really up for it um, as to whether they're, they're going to do it. And I think that could that could go badly wrong with those guys not getting any younger and if they don't buy in. Yep, yep. Because they were both um, favourites of 
the previous Kenny manager, Lowe, yeah, Kenny Lowe, of course, yeah, and you know they bought into Kenny Lowe's philosophy, and Kenny Lowe loved them, and they loved him back. So, I think, like you said, if if Popper can't get the best out of their best players, then we could see an early exit from a couple of those players, and Popper can rebuild like he always does. Where do you see the glory finishing this season? Look, I'm big on the glory. This could be the return of the West superpower. Look, I'm I'm tipping the glory to finish right up there and challenge for the league. I think, you know, under Popovich with this short up back four and this transitional, quick transition style football that Popper likes to play, that sets the A-League alight, that kind of style, because a lot of teams don't have good back fours this year. So I think they'll 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 they won't score a lot of goals, but they'll win a lot of games. Mm. And so I, I see Perth finishing right up there. I'm not going to give them a, a spot a number, but I reckon they're going to challenge for the league. Wow, I reckon they're going to miss out on finals again. We're all over the place here. This shows, <laughs> shows how even the A League is this yeah, year, doesn't it? I I think so too. I think it's going to be the and we'll uh, we've got to listen to question on that at the end of the segment. But I think it's I think it's going to be one of the closest seasons uh, in in recent history. I've got them just missing out at seventh. Why is that? I just think they're not. It's not going to work. It's not going to click uh, up the front. I think their midfield. Yeah, while they have, um, while they have that protection of the back four, I think it's going to be a little bit disjointed. And I don't know if Popper's going to be able to get that fast transition out of Keo and Castro that he that uh, we we see him uh, we see him play. Yep. Now, in terms of their strips, uh, so. Perth have released um, a third kit, um, which we saw when they played Chelsea in that friendly in July, and it was uh, a sort of grey number with purple sleeves, and it was a bit of an abomination. But uh, Perth have also announced that they're going to run out their 17-18 home and away kits again for the 2018-19 season. So I think that's an automatic fail mark. For me, yeah, that's that's straight in the, the red zone right there. But... Look, it's good for being a Perth fan. You, you don't have to buy a new kit. You, you've got the new kit already from 12 months ago. But That's pretty terrible for a professional it is. football it's, club, it's, though. It's not on these days. I feel like that. fans love that. It's a big part of it, seeing the new kit, seeing what you're going to look like this year. And when the club just announces, no, nah, we're using last year's kit, it's kind of a letdown, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Perth fans, shout out and let us know what you think about that or uh, if, if we're misinformed, but we certainly couldn't see any. And I did see that announcement. Um, so, uh, like, if they if they are going to release one, uh, give us a give us a shout out. But um, otherwise, that's a that's a pretty piss poor effort from the glory. Sydney <laughs> uh, FC. On that note, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, finished top last year, but went down to Melbourne Victory in the in the semi. Uh, the Arnold. Terry Antonis show, that one. The Terry Antonis show, um, or the Terry Antonis derby. Um, Graham Arnold left the club, and now they've got in uh, Steve Corica to manage. Big ins for them, obviously. Uh, Danny De Silva on the Danny De Silva loan rule. Adam Lafondre, uh, who was banging in goals in the um, championship over in the UK, uh, and Sim Diong as well is a big in. Damo, who do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, big ins. Um, good players. Like Adam LaFondre, he's played at the highest level. He's played in the Premier League. He's got a lot of goals in the Championship, and he scored a fair few in the Prem as well. So he comes with a big reputation, and he's, he's a big guy as well. He's a big, powerful forward, and I think he's going to bring a lot out of the younger players that play around him. We're going to see a lot from Danny De Silva and a lot from Trent Buhaja as well. We spoke about 
up-and-coming players and ones to watch, and we will talk about him more. Trent Bahaja, I think, will get the best, get the most out of having um, Adam LaFondra at the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, with classy players uh, like LaFondra, Daniel De Silva, Simdiong around him, I think Bahaja uh, could be in for a pretty good season. Uh, Sydney also had some pretty big outs this season with uh, the Johnny Warren medalist, uh, Adrian Mirzievsky, uh Jordi Bougies, uh, and Bobo. 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 Uh, departing the club. And Matt Simon as well, that's oh, a big out. Massive out for Matt, Matt Simon, uh, making his heroic uh, return to Gosford. Um, and also Graham Arnold. Um, for me, out, that's the biggest it, out. That's a yeah. big out. Because he, he was the fabric that held that whole Sydney FC club together, I yeah, think. And that whole that whole club for many years had really bought into his, his philosophy. They did, they did. So and if only Australia can buy into it as well, then... Big question for the Roos. Um, yes, I think one to watch for me is Danny De Silva. Uh, you know, it was clear that his head had been turned at the end of last season for the Mariners. Um, you know, he, so, he sort of seemed like he thought he was too good to be there. And um, it'll be... Interesting to see uh, what he can produce uh, for Sydney FC, uh, surrounded by quality. So I'll be I'll be really interested to watch his season. Yeah, I agree. And like we said before about um, Trent Bahaja, he's going to be a, a big player this year. We didn't actually touch on the other signing that they made this season, Jop van der Linden, who's come from the Dutch league. Um, is a defender, obviously in to replace Jordi Boyce, who left um, in kind of unceremonious circumstances after he was left out of the Champions League squad and I think that really upset him a bit. So the boys kind of left left on bad terms. But I think van der Linden will be solid at the back. He's come from a you know a, a long career playing in the Netherlands and uh, he's been to a few clubs there recently, I think, on loan. Um, and he's decided to come to Australia and have a crack at the A-League. So... That's another good, uh, I think, player to watch is to see how he performs. He's still only 28 years old, so I think he, he could um, really kickstart his career again if he starts playing good football. Yeah, that could be a real under-the-radar signing, I think. Um, look, if we, we haven't mentioned players that are still at the club and who they've retained, but that, that quality in midfield of Brillante and O'Neill, um, if they can continue to provide that steal and link up with the attack, uh, I think that Sydney are going to stand a pretty good chance. Yep. Um, but obviously the, the Graham Arnold factor and also the loss of goals as well. Uh, Milzievsky and Babo scored about two-thirds of Sydney's goals a last season. A lot of goals. So, they relied on them very heavily. Uh, so that was massive. So it's it's whether or not um, the new players coming in, LaFondra and Simdiong and Bahaja, can can um, pick up that load. Uh, and if Simdiong can keep himself fit as well, because obviously he hasn't played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. We know he's a quality player, um, having seen him um, play for Newcastle and, and others in Europe. Um, but it's whether he can keep himself on the park um, as to whether that will all go right as well. Uh, where do you see him finishing? Look, I see Sydney being up there. They'll challenge for the league again. Um I think, like you just said, Bobo and Mijajewski leaving the club is it's a lot, lot of responsibility for other players to take up. But Lafondra and Sim De Jong seem like the kind of players that they can take that load and, and recreate what they did last year, hopefully for Sydney fans. But I've got them finishing in second. Uh, I don't think they'll 
pipped the league title this year. I think there's better teams than them. I think there's more more together teams than them. But they're still a good side. And, you know, like we mentioned, they've got a great team. A lot of talent in that team. Um, they're fun to watch. They were under Arnold. Will they be under Stevie Corica? I know he's not fun to look at in a suit. He's better in the track suit. But... Yeah. Uh, could he, could he switch to the trackies this season? Oh, I hope so, because he's been wearing the suit in pre-season and he doesn't look so good in one. But anyway, he's... Um, yeah, so I've got Sydney finishing up the top end, but I don't think they'll win the league. What about you? Where do you think they'll finish? Yeah, look, I, th- I see them as having a pretty good season as well. I think they're going to finish in fourth and, and challenge in the finals as yep. well. Um, yeah, I think they've, they've still got so much quality in that squad and they've brought in quality as well. So. Will the Champions League weigh them down, though? They've got a lot of football to play this year and a lot of travelling to do. Well, as soon as someone starts taking the Champions League seriously, then um, then I think it will start weighing clubs down. Mm. But that's we could do another podcast on that because that's, uh, that's a very frustrating aspect of Australian football and I'm sure we will talk about that when it does come up yeah. throughout the season and see if, see if clubs and broadcasters and fans um, get around it get around it because at the moment it's just a bit of a nothing competition yep. but um yeah so look i see them i see them finishing fourth and challenging um their strip puma um have put out uh their kit again and it's it's you know it's looking like the pretty pretty standard uh blue and navy blue with their away strip sort of looking like a bit of a Melbourne City kit, say that. and uh, with a, like a dark navy um, for the third, which uh, looks a bit like a Melbourne Victory kit. Yeah, so they got a bit of Melbourne vibe about Sydney FC this year. It might be just me, but I've never been a big fan of Puma kits or Sydney FC kits in general. <laughs> um, so I am really not a fan of these. I like the I like the goalkeeper kit; it's all right. But, um, and the sponsor doesn't look that good on it. I don't know. I've... And on to Wellington then. Second bottom last year. And it's a, it's a club that's nearing the end of its lifeline now with the, um, with Metrics Gate. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't know where the future lies for Wellington, but let's, let's talk about their season this season. Big ins for them. Um, Mark Rudin. Who's the biggest in, I think. Um, yeah. promising young manager, plays wants to play good football. Yeah, he's, and he's had a little bit of managerial experience in assistant roles as well. Um, Stephen, he, did, he did really, sorry to interrupt, he did really well at Sydney United in the NPL the last couple of seasons. His team was known for playing a really expansive attacking kind of football. So I think it'll be promising to bring something like that to the A-League, but it's whether or not he has the talent to do that, which will be the big problem. Yeah, and Stephen Taylor's their other massive in. Obviously, the the um, very experienced Newcastle defender, um, obviously a leader at the back, and that's what they're trying to fix up this season. Uh, anyone else stand out for you? Not really. They're in. Got Mitch Nichols. Oh, he came Mitch in. Nichols. Uh, but look, <laughs> he's doing the rounds now, Mitch Nichols, and I feel like he's really fallen off. He was a great. What's this like his fourth, fifth club? I think it's even his sixth A League club. He was, he was doing great a few years ago. He was knocking on the Socceroos door before he decided to go on his Japanese trip. And it's ever since he left Brisbane Raw that I think he's he's really fallen off. Yeah, he peaked at the Raw. He did. He really did. <laughs> um, all right. Big outs then. Um, McGlinchey, as we mentioned before, I think hurts them. Um, Kalarudovic, he was the one who scored all their goals last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he was he was their top scorer last season. Um, and goals are something that Wellington certainly need more of. Um, you know, that was shown by their inability to score against NPL opposition in the FFA Cup. So... 
yeah, not too sure what's going to go right for them this season. I think, you know, the the goal scorers that they do have in their teams in uh, Krishna, Burns, and um, Sapreet Singh as well. He's um, going to have a big season, I score feel. goals, yeah. yeah. And they're backed up by, um, by Williams, uh, who's come back to the A-League, David Williams. Um, and he can certainly score a sort of much needed goal every now and again but uh, it's going to have to those those guys are all going to have to deliver for it to go right for Wellington. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean I think a lot of things can go wrong this year for Wellington. Um just looking at their squad. They've only got 17 first team players. Or 18, sorry, if you include David Williams. They've got 18 first team players. They could they've got a got no depth at all. Yeah, very very thin. Um, and that's right. If, if I mean, if any of those guys go down to injury, even suspensions could hurt them on a week-by-week -week basis. It, they're really going to have to build from the back uh, to have any kind of success. Yep. Uh, where do you see them finishing? I've got Wellington finished bottom of the league. Um, I don't think Rudin will keep his job for the whole season. I just feel like nothing's going to go right this year for Wellington. And on the back of all the speculation that you mentioned about them being a club moving forward... This could be a horrible season for the club and for the fans. Yeah, it's sort of like the only thing that could really save that club is a big owner coming in and investing. But, like, if you're an investor, why would you? Because, like, they're clearly, they're clearly on their last legs um, in terms of the, what they uh, are seen to have been adding to the league. I'm personally Nick's in, by the way. Um, I think they add a lot to the league. And, and I, to be I honest... I like what they add to the league, and I, I, I definitely like the club, but... Um, yeah, as an investor, I don't think you'd, you'd go there. And that's really what they need. They need someone to just throw some money at them and get some players and get behind them. Although here's a fun fact I had in my notes, talking about not being a good investment. Wellington Phoenix is one of only two clubs in the A-League that have never had to have the FFA bail them out with any sort of money. So I think that, I mean, that goes in their favour, whether or not that means anything. Um but look, Wellington, like you said, Colby, they are on their last legs. And One big positive for Wellington, though, is their kit. Oh, Adidas. Brilliant kit. The thicker black stripes, Oof. the new Hyundai They're going to look good even if they don't play well. And Wellington logos just blend into those stripes seamlessly. And I love Wellington's logo, personally. I yeah, think it's, I'm it's a big fan. Brilliant logo. Uh, you know, the sponsor doesn't detract from it too much, Huawei, the uh, Chinese telco. Uh, and the three stripes down the sides, I love it. Good kit. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, I, I agree. All right, Western Sydney. Um, Western Sydney City, as they're now known. Yep. Um, finished seventh last season. A uh, bit of a disappointing one for them. Um, 87-4, but 47 against. So they shipped a lot of goals last season. Um, but they've brought in um, Fitzgerald, Kamau, and Tongik, all coming across from City, um, as well as a couple of a uh, couple of Germans, uh, Ziegler from uh, Brandon Borello's FC Kaiserslautern in the two Bundesliga. It is Brandon Borello's team. We know that much. That certainly is. And Alexander Bomjohn, Bom Bomjohan. I don't know. Sorry, Lucy Zelich or, uh, or SBS, yeah. if you if you're listening. Um, sorry for butchering that pronunciation, and sorry for butchering Geordie. Geordie Boyce before. I'd Geordie call Boyce. it Geordie Boogies. Boogies. Geordie <laughs> Yeah, the Boogies. Uh, sorry. sorry about that. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't promise to be um, expert pronouncers uh, here at More Than A Game, but um, we, we don't try. So, um, Damo, what do, you, what do you think about their ins? 
a lot of ins. Um, as you mentioned, the ones from Melbourne City, they also got in Elrich and O'Doherty from Adelaide. Elrich is a solid A-League player. He's, he's been around the A-League for a long time and he's he's been a great performer. And I think um, oh, he's pretty unlucky to not have had a bit of a stint in the Socceroos when he was playing really well a few years ago. Yeah, he was on the fringes for a he while, was, wasn't he? And I, and I think he was quite unlucky to never get a call-up. But um, big signing for me is Rashid Mahazi. He's come from Victorian NPL 2. Looking to take everyone's up, spot in the midfield. Making the step up to the A-League. Oh, we know he's a bit of a cult hero at Melbourne Victory as as one of the worst players they've ever had, as the fans will say. If you've got any Melbourne Victory fans out there have an opinion on Rashid Mahazi, let us know. Yes. He's certainly uh, one, of their, one of their least favourite players, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Big, big, uh, big outs as well. Uh, so a lot of big outs. Yeah, Cejudo. Um, I think he, he had some uh, spats with Gombau last season, didn't he? Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and big now personalities. I wonder, yeah, now that Gombau's uh, also gone, and they've got in um, Marcus Babel. Um, should either of those have? I mean, well, should should Cejudo have maybe bided his time a little bit? Maybe he'd um, enjoyed things a little bit more under Babel. Who knows? He might have. Um, and then obviously they they lost uh, Santa Lab and Economides. Um, Michael which... Thwaite is another big out, um, and I think Stephen Lustiger, who actually played a lot of good football last year for them. Spud, I'm not interested you in Stephen Lustiger. I rate him as a footballer. Never I think he's a quality him. player. He was well, that's be- our bench- difference in opinions again. Bench player at best at Brizzy, and there you go. Then, then they gave him. I think they gave him the seven or the eight. They gave him a gave uh, him the eight. Gave yeah, him a big number. They gave important him a number. nice important number at the Wanderers, and I just thought. You spuds, he could barely get a game at Brisbane, and he was he was taking the eight at at the Wanderers. I don't like that at all. Um, but the, having having said that, we did take Jacob Pepper from, or Brisbane did take Jacob Pepper from the uh, Wanderers and give him the eight. So fair's fair. <laughs> uh, one to watch for me, um, it's Bruce Kamau. Yep. Um, we touched on him a little bit earlier, but yeah, we did look, and I think this is a critical season for for Brucey Kamau. Um, when he broke out at Adelaide United, I thought he was an absolute shoe in to be a Socceroo, and I thought that he was he was going to be a Socceroo for at least the next decade. Thought he had a massive future, but he he sort of looks to come off have come off the boil a little bit um, of recent times, and and this is now his third A League club. Um, after obviously, yeah, starting out at Adelaide United and coming um, over to the Wanderers from Melbourne City, uh, you know he's at risk of being in that category of, um, yeah, A League journeyman um, who never kind of reaches his potential, and that's a big category. So yeah. and, and a big one that you don't want to be in. But uh, he's he's one to watch for me because uh, he, he could go the other way as well, and he could sort of kick on. What do you what do you think about? Uh, Ones to watch from the Wanderers. Ones to watch. Yeah, you touched on Bruce Kamau. I think very similar situation. Um, but also, I think one to watch is Patrick Ziegler. He's coming in. He's the German, we said, came from Kaiserslautern. Brandon Borello. Brandon Borello is FC Kaiserslautern. Um, and obviously, the manager knows who he is. Uh, Marcus Babel is German. He knows Ziegler well. And I, I think that he'll have a big impact at Adelaide this season. Um, uh, uh, the international spots... In the A-League, they're important, and you need to get them right. And if they can get someone like him right that's a real big impact on the team, I think the Wanderers can only be better for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, That's... Yeah, it's def- definitely going to be one to watch there. Um, the other, the other one to watch is obviously Marcus Babel. He's he's got quite a pedigree. He does, um, and at, he's come in under not many headlines. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm very surprised by that. Um, uh, European champion. I'm just looking at his looking at his stats here. Um, for uh, he's won the Bundesliga four times. Um, he's won the UEFA Cup twice as uh, a player, uh, and he's won the FA Cup twice. Um, I'm not sure whether those are those player stats or coaching stats because if they're coaching stats, that's that's pretty nice. He would have have to have been the manager of Bayern yeah. to get those kind of yeah. stats. Yeah, so surely not. Think? Surely those are player stats, but still, like that's a that's a pretty storied career anywhere you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what do you see as potentially uh, not working for the Wanderers? I think losing two young players, Aspro and Economides, is a big loss. And I think that that will really hinder them moving forward. I think they're two players you'd really want to keep keep a handle on. Um, also, the fact that we touched on that they lost Cejudo, who was a marquee player last year, and they haven't replaced him with another marquee. So... They've got a marquee spot open, the Wanderers. Whether they can sign someone, you know, before the season starts or sign someone at one point as a marquee player, that's going to be a really important spot to fill. And they need to get that right. So that could go wrong if they panic and just get anyone. Yeah, I think I think the defence is definitely um, an issue for, or will be an issue this season for the Wanderers as well. Um they they shipped a lot of goals. They shipped forty seven goals last season. You can't win, champ- yeah. can't win titles conceding that many goals. Yeah, can you? and to lose the likes of Thwaite uh, and Aspro, as you say, and and Jack Clisby, um, it's um, you know, a fair a fair bit coming out of that defence. Maybe look, maybe they've replaced them with quality. Maybe um, maybe this Sigler bloke will do the do the business for them, um, and hopefully will shore things up. Um, but yeah, I definitely see that as, as something that could be their undoing. Um, I I actually see them as as having a pretty down season. Um, yep. I think um, they're going to finish in ninth. Yeah, I've got uh, Western Sydney. Sorry, down the bottom of the league. I think they're going to finish in ninth as well. Jeez, that's that's very down on Western Sydney. I just I feel like Western Sydney are a big club and. A lot are expected of them, and I don't think they can live up to that this year, and I think the manager will be under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, what about their kit? I don't know if it's been officially launched yet, but I have seen it um, I, I have seen it leaked um, on FIFA, and uh, there have been, been a couple of articles out there that have looked to leak it. It looks like a, um, a pretty clean uh, night kit with... Um, with the sort of uh, typical horizontal red and black stripes that you'd see um, sort of fading in and out on either side. Um, uh, the, the Hyundai A-League badge, the new new badge that we've uh, that the FFA have spent all this good time, money and attention on, um, doesn't look that well integrated. It's got a bit of a black border around it, but it's, it still sort of works for me. I, I reckon it's about a 7 out of 10. Yeah, look, I like the Wanderers kits. I think you know what you're going to get. Every year from a Wanderers kit, it's it's going to be the horizontal stripes. They've typically had like the best kits in the A-League for the past couple of years. I think it works. It works yeah. really well. It's simple, but it stands out and it's part of who they are now. It's it's turning into, you know, a very early stages of, of a Celtic. You're going to have these horizontal stripes regardless of who makes your kit and what it looks like. That's <laughs> what you're going to have at the Wanderers. And yeah. it's a good thing to have because you know what to expect from it. Yeah, well, that, that pretty much does us then for the, um, for the A-League preview. Uh, we did have a couple of listen questions. We put out the uh, the call on the Facebook and Twitter during the week, just mentioning that we we're going to be having this uh, A League preview special this week. And um, what burning questions that uh, that some listeners of more than a game had um, 
for us in relation to this A-League special. Uh, and we've got one in from uh, listener John Stomo, um, whose question is, will this A-League season match the quality of the new signings? And he's named Honda, Diong and Taylor. Damo, what do you reckon? Is, is this season going to live up to the uh, the hype generated by some of the signings? Look, I don't think these are the biggest signings we've had in the A-League. Um, but obviously, they are big signings. We've got World Cup quality players coming in. But in terms of will the season match the signings, I think the se- this season's going to be the best season of A-League we've ever had. And we touched on it before that this is a very open season. And our predictions have really you know, matched that. We've predicted all over the place compared to each other. I think we're going to see some great football, some great matches, some lovely transition football, attacking football. It's what people want to watch, and it's what I think the A-League clubs are going to play this year. So I'm really excited. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I reckon it's going to be one of the most competitive seasons ever. ever. Um, if you look at the, the table from last season, Sydney won the league on 64 points, and the Mariners got 20 points. So I think you'll see that it's going to be a lot closer than that this season. Um, and, yeah, look, I... I agree with you, Damo, that I don't think Honda and Diong and Taylor are the biggest signings that we've ever had. But I think what this season has been is it's been the the sort of best spread of pretty good signings, like and they're practical good, signings, pretty now. good quality signings across each team. Like not complete unknowns as we've seen in other seasons, or or clubs attract you know struggling to attract marquees or marquees just being complete flops from the outset, as we've seen in past seasons. And I suppose that could happen with some of them, but. On paper, the the types of um, uh, marquees and, and big signings that we've got in this season into the league, uh, yeah, well, they're not Alessandro Del Piero's. They're, um, or Emil Heskies. Or Emil Heskies. Uh, they're, they're, they're still quite up there. So, look, yeah, in answer to uh, John Stomer's question, I think it's going to be uh, a very high-quality season and perhaps uh, even exceed the quality of the new signings. I was about to say that. I think we'll outdo the quality of the signings in terms of the football that's played. Yeah. Um, next question comes from the Ladies League via Twitter. Um, great little Twitter page for all your ladies A-League needs, often flogging hilarious shirts and uh, stalking Daniel Garb at football games. Um, their question is, if you were ever stuck on a deserted island with only one coach and one player, who would you choose and why, Damo? Well, I've gone the A-League options here as we're talking about the A-League. I'd... My coach would be Tony Popovich. He's a man motivator, and he, he'd managed to motivate me away to get off the island. So I'm going to take Popper as the coach, and, and I'm going to take Joey Champness, a.k.a. Joe Wick, the A-League's <laughs> resident rapper, who will keep me entertained while Popper and I get off the island and leave him there. Yeah, good. I reckon I would take uh, Scott Jamison. Uh, bit of bands from Jamo? Yeah, a bit of bands from Jamo. Five A-League clubs under his belt. You know, he's a guy who knows... New Melbourne City captain, by the way. I know. He knows. He Look, he knows how to get off get off islands that he doesn't want to be on. If he's, <laughs> if he's in a place where he doesn't want to be, such as a deserted island, he knows how to get out of there and get into some other island or I like football that. club. I like that. Uh, so, look, I'd be, I'd be picking Jamo. In terms of managers, I reckon I would take Kenny Lowe. I mean, he's available, first and foremost. Um, but, I mean, he'd never let me down. Again, for a bit of bants. Yeah, a bit of bants. And, and let's be honest, we'd probably just get comfortable and lose all motivation to leave the island. <laughs> the complete opposite <laughs> to me. So we just settle in, but I still think that would be great. Uh, That's a good question. I I'll like g- that one. Give an honourable mention to my nightmare pairing, though. 
Kevin Musket for the coach for obvious reasons, and Kay Backus because you know he'd have a tantrum and just stitch you up and leave you there. He'd leave. He'd leave the island and leave you there. <laughs> yeah. Our final question comes from a new podcast called In the Mixer Podcast, which uh, I actually happened to feature on this week, uh, Damo. I'll uh, just give that a little plug a little there. Plug there. Uh, when Usain Bolt is cut from the Mariners lineup, how many days will it take Wellington Phoenix to sign him up? Well, they do have availability in their squad. They uh, do. The They've got a lot of open spots. But look, I like this question. But I've got a problem with the question because it says when Usain Bolt is cut from the Mariners lineup. I don't think he's getting cut. He's staying around, isn't he? Oy. So he's not only getting a contract, but he's, he's staying. He's staying around. Usain Bolt, the footballer, is here to stay, apparently. Well, Cormac's going to be coming off the bench for <laughs> Bolt and you know, he's going to be knocking on the door. Uh, yeah, look, my answer to this question is zero days because I reckon some savvy NPL side are going to come and pick Usain up for the marketing. <laughs> oh, Usain Bolt, we could we could make a whole podcast about him, I bet. Yep, and uh, let's let's uh, let's do that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next up, uh, Australian. Football special continues as we look at the Socceroos squad, uh, FFA governance, and we take a little look at the W League. Okay, continuing our Oz football special, uh, let's get on to the W League. Uh, and so W League news, obviously the new season uh, is kicking off on the 25th of October. Um, and for the first time ever, um, they're going to have Thursday nights as a standalone primetime televised spot, which will be on Fox and the My Football app. Um, and the rest of the season then broadcast on Fox, SBS and the My Football app. So they'll have the whole season broadcast for the first time ever. Great for the league, great for the yeah, game. Yeah, that's massive. Plenty and of like, exposure for women's football. Fans fans of the W League and women's football in general have been crying out for years um, to just get it on TV. And although there's not a whole lot of free-to-air games. Uh, I think that um, it's a it's a real coup for the league to have everything televised for the first time. But big news uh, for this W League season is the announcement that Sam Kerr is going to be the marquee, and that's the that's the first W League marquee. Um, and so the FFA have dipped into their Tim Cahill marquee slush fund for the preview for the first time, previously only used for A League players. So that puts her in the same company as uh, Timmy Cahill, Alessandra Del Piero, and KSK Honda. Yeah, look, I think it's huge, I think, and well-deserved. I mean, the FFA did everything they could to bring back, in my opinion, the best female player in the world. The back, back to the home soil, to hometown. She's playing for Perth. She really takes pride in playing for Perth Glory. And she had a lot of offers, apparently, from big European clubs to play this season over in Europe. I mean... Leon, one of the biggest clubs in women's football, won everything last year. I mean, I think seven out of the 15 women's Ballon d'Or nominees played for Leon this season. And from what I read, she she got offered a contract there and decided that Perth was where she wanted to be. And the FFA have made that happen, which I think is great for the That's fans. That's credit. credit to them, isn't it? It's great for the fans. We're keeping, you know, a lot of, a lot of girls and guys in this country look up to Sam Kerr as, as someone who's done a lot in football and she's only getting better and... So good to have her back on home soil. Yeah, and um, look, I don't know, and I don't think you know either, Damo, like what her actual wages are going to be in that marquee package. Um, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be a lot better than any of the other uh, players in the W League, but uh, I'd, I'd probably hazard a guess that they're not going to be as good as the rest of the uh, marquee money, but let's hope that this is the start of a new sort of era in investment in the women's game. It is. I mean, 
It has to be because we're investing. We have to invest in lot in our women's program. We've got one of the best women's teams in the world, and we're going to have a real tilt at the World Cup next year. And to bring that talent back to Australia to play in our own league, we could make the W League one of the best women's leagues in the world. Yeah. And I think that should be a real point for the FFA to focus on is we could make the W League a premier football league. Absolutely. That's a big opportunity. And, um, yeah, like you said, it's it's leading into a World Cup year. Um, and, I mean, the other thing to, to mention about Sam Kerr being the marquee and um, her, her recent sort of status, uh, her recent uh, mantle as being the GOAT, I, I definitely think she'll put bums on seats as well. 100%. When Perth roll into Melbourne in the W League to face either City or Victory, preferably City, I guess, um, but, I mean, I, like, I'll definitely go along. 100%. Um, it'll, it'll put bums on seats. I think, like, she's well-known enough now that casual fans and... And even fans who had previously not attended or sort of watched any women's football, I think we'll go down and, and check it out. So I think it's an absolutely fantastic... It's a huge move. coup yeah. for the league and a huge coup for FFA and big props to them for, you know, dipping into their marquee fund and, and spending the well-deserved money on Sam Kerr. Yeah, speaking of um, huge, exciting moves in Australian football, uh, moving on to FFA governance... The state federation. Really exciting, yeah. <laughs> and we have to we have to talk about this too because it's big. It it's, is, it's huge. It's actually big news um, for Australian football. But this, yeah, so the state federations have agreed on changes to the FFA's constitution, um, which uh, which is fantastic, and it's it's a big deal, and it's been going on for the past couple of years. What it basically means is that. Um, Voting power will be spread more equally um, in terms of how the game's governed. So it'll go, um, you know, there'll be a new system now where there's uh, the members' federations, the FFA Congress members, uh, now have 55 votes. Um, and the um, APFCA will have 28 votes. The PFA will have seven. And there's a new Women's Football Council, which will also have 10 votes. Um, and so, yeah, this, this sort of breaks the impasse that's plagued the league over the past couple of years, and it gives a broader representation to stakeholders within the Congress. Uh, it, while it doesn't capture everyone that everyone wanted to be captured in the, in the first uh, sort of opening up of the Congress, it does include also a, a sort of defined transparent pathway for new membership as well. So there's now a process where new members can become part of the Congress. So I think it's still actually, it's, it's a good compromise and it's, it's good just to get a deal done so that FIFA didn't have to come in and take over. Yeah, look, and I think that's the main reason we're getting this, what a lot of people have called, you know, historic change in the FFA in a, in a big day last month when they had that um, general meeting. We FIFA had forced the hand of the FFA to make a lot of these changes. I feel it was it was do or die for the FFA. It could have could have been bad if they had changed nothing. But like you said, Colby, it was a good compromise. Um, I don't think FIFA got everything they wanted out of it, and I don't think FF. I think FFA gave a few things away that they wanted to keep. But I mean, I've read a lot that this could pave the way for the A League to step out and be an independent from the FFA, which I think would be a big step in Australian football. We saw the Premier League do that in England in the early 90s and look what's happened to it since then. You know, they got the opportunity to, you know, barter their own contracts with television and do all this and, and have more involvement from each of the A-League clubs because at the moment all the A-League clubs together vote as one, which I feel they don't feel is justifiable as they are what we're growing as a brand, the A-League, and... They don't have a say in what we do in football in Australia. So I think it would be a big opportunity for the A-League to step away from FFA and do their own thing. 
Yeah, and um, that that will definitely be um, something which will be uh, very interesting to follow. And you know, could it work in this scale in Australia? We never know. Um, certainly, it'll be on a much more micro scale. But I mean, that could work with. Um, the sort of state of uh, where things are at with streaming and and the likes of that. I mean, yeah, very, very interesting times ahead. Um, the other thing to mention is um, uh, Lowy mentioned that he would go as well. Hasn't happened yet, but um, it looks like a pretty much a done deal that he'll leave the chairman's role. Um, you know, had to happen um slightly slightly sad after it's all said and done given what the lowies did for football in australia but they they really needed to move with the times and and lowy as we've seen was pretty resistant to most of this change uh and certainly didn't believe in it so you'd expect that he will make good on his promise to uh depart the chairman's role after this and um get someone else in to see in the next sort of era of football in australia yeah i think you said it's a bit sad to see the lowies go in one way um I mean, Frank Lowy and the rest of the Lowy family kind of saved football in this country a long time ago. Invested a lot of money, invested a lot of belief in the game, and look what what, what it's come from from that backing. So, like you said, it's a bit sad to see the Lowy family go, but it needs to happen. It needs to happen for the game to move forward and for the FFA to grow in this kind of new market. So, yeah, I'm exciting to see what's going to happen, but you know, it's still. Still kind of teetering on what's going to happen is, is, is what my my opinion of everything that's happening. We, we're still very unsure of things, but we know things are about to change. Yeah. Uh, moving on then, uh, the Socceroos uh, have uh, a game coming up against Kuwait. Uh, Tuesday morning, Melbourne time, uh, 3.30 a.m., prime time. Great prime time. time. Great time to get up and watch the Roos in Can't a friendly against Middle Eastern opposition. Um, so yeah, so Graham Arnold's put out his 25-man squad for this upcoming clash. I believe the Roos have uh, overnight landed in Kuwait. Um, a few of Graham Arnold's uh, favourite sons have rejoined the fold. You've got Alex Gersbach in there. You've got Matty Yerman, uh, Mustafa Armini, uh, and others from the A-League also coming into the fold. Uh, anyone standing out for you in there, Damo? Look, there's a few players that are in the extended squad that I'm, I'm really excited to see there. Um... Excited to see Thomas Deng. I feel like he's got a good future in the, in the Socceroos. Yeah, first call up for him. So first that's, call that's up. massive. Um, I think just being a part of a national team squad and a part of the training camp is huge. And it'll give him a lot of confidence moving forward. He might not play. I don't expect him to play. But being there is huge. And someone who I think I do want to see play is Awama Bill. I think put him on any stage and he performs. And he's shown that. Last year he went to the Portuguese League and... He played a lot of games and played really well. Um, he's back at FC Mutiland now this season and, and he's doing well again at the start of the season. So I'd really like to see him get some time. Any, anyone, anyone else stand out for you, Colby? Yeah, dang, obviously. The other interesting one is Martin Boyle, uh, Jamie McLaren's uh, attacking teammate from Hibs. Um, he's banged in a couple of goals for them recently. It'd be interesting to see how he fits into the system. Um, whether he comes in on the wing. I know he likes to play on the wing and query what that means for the likes of Cruz and Leckie. Um, I have heard, actually, that um, Graham Arnold might be looking at Leckie in a centre-forward role. Yeah, see, I don't, uh, don't disagree with that because it's something we've struggled is to find someone that can play as a nine. He's like the Arnautovic of the Ruse. We need Tommy C here to discuss this, yeah, uh, we this do. potential transition from winger to centre-forward. Uh, I think they're I think they're two players in very much in the same mould, and I'd love to get Tommy C's read on that. 
Um, but uh, so I think that will be interesting to see if and how Martin Boyle comes into the the setup. Interesting fact on Martin Boyle: he's been selected for Australia. He's never stepped foot in the country. So <laughs> see how that goes down with a few people, hey? Yeah. Oh, there's a few of them though over the years. There uh, has been. There has been. But um, yeah. Look, another a few few sort of questions coming from the um the squad that's been released. Uh, there have been a few uh, late outs. Um. Matt Ryan and Aaron Moy, so two two critical Socceroos have uh, had to pull out late, uh, coming down with some pretty mysterious injuries. Damo, what do you make of that? Yeah, look, I think Aaron Moy and Matt Ryan are integral parts of their club setups in England, and two clubs that are probably going to be in a relegation battle this year that, that can't afford to get some of their best players injured, or and they need to keep them in the best shape possible, I think. Medical staff and sports science staff at their clubs don't want to let them go and and possibly get injured elsewhere. So that that's the way I see it. Um, that their clubs their clubs aren't letting them go. But what do you think, Colby? Yeah, that's that's basically the way I see it as well. And I honestly don't know how I feel about that. To be honest, uh, like I know it's only a friendly, but you've got to think that you know. Guys like Moy and Ryan, I mean, anyone who represents their country has got to be like chomping at the bit to get get any to- any playing time for their country they can. Even yeah. established starters like these guys, they've they've got to love pulling on the Ruse jersey. And I'm, sure, I'm sure, sure they, they do. do. Uh, so uh, it's it's a tough one because obviously the the clubs are the ones that pay their bills and they're the ones who contract them. And and we have seen in the past. Um, players uh you know go away on international duty and then come back into the club and um and and have sort of lost their spot and at times clubs seem to almost do it as a retribution for going away in the first place and whether that's fair or not I guess we could talk a lot more on this but um it's it's something that I think is uh yeah def- definitely something to watch I'm sure they won't miss the big games like the qualifiers and the Asian cups but um yeah it's um it's a bit of a shame that we won't see them against Kuwait, but hopefully they can um, uh, do, do a good job at their clubs and, um, and fit in for them and continue to develop. Yeah, and one good thing about Aaron Moy pulling out last minute is we've had an inclusion of Kenny Dougal. Kenny Dougal, Kenny former Dougal, Brizzy boy. Brisbane Raw youth product. He was deemed not good enough for the first team and got let go, and he actually went from there and he cut his teeth in the Dutch second division. Um, he went from the Dutch second division and he earned himself a transfer to Sparta Rotterdam where he did brilliantly there. And, and now he's actually playing in League One with Barnsley and he's playing well, playing really well. And I think a point to make about Kenny Dougal is he's always been a key player wherever he's played. He was a key player in the Royal Youth team. He was a key player at Sparta and now at Barnsley. He's, he's always there and he's consistently good. And I think a lot of people don't talk about Kenny Dougal that probably should. He's, he's I've never a, heard of him. No, no, he's a player that is 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 a is a central, uh, like a defensive midfielder or a centre half. He's is of that mould of say a, a John Stones kind of player that they're really good on the ball, but he but he's just mm. he's just he's built. He's a big man too. Like he's a good footballer, and I think he'll have a good future in the national team. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he gets minutes. I died. Doubt it with uh, the likes of Massimo Luongo and Jackson Irvine uh, coming in. And, um, of course, uh, Socceroos' favourite, uh, Tommy Rogic. Uh, probably Rogic. you'd expect uh, Tommy Rogic will be taking up that number 10 role. Um, so tough tough for Kenny to get minutes, but I'm sure that um, being in the setup uh, is what Graham Arnold wants for a few of these guys exactly. just to get them in and get them around the squad. Um, 
a couple of guys that are not coming back into the squad. Uh, Andrew Naboo still uh, making his way back from injury. I believe he's um, started at least doing full training again yep. uh, in the J League. I don't know whether uh, there's been anything more than that, but he's at least sort of up and, up and about. Asia's now. biggest club, mate, Uruwa. Uruwa, Red Diamonds. Yes. Uh, no, I, I'm. I'll be watching him uh, with interest over this season as well, um, and hopefully he's not one of those. Um, Socceroos who sort of goes overseas, particularly um, to the J League or K League, and just sort of fades from fades from view. So hopefully he'll do good things at Aurora. Um And of course, Milay Yeninak um, announcing um, last week that he is going to retire. Um, he announced on his Instagram that it's the right time for him to move down in order to focus on his club football and to prolong that journey. Um, Few stats. Uh, he he's got seventy nine caps. He's got twenty goals. Uh, as we often penalties, as or? we often say on this <laughs> podcast, a lot of those are penalties. Uh, he's played in three World Cups, captaining and scoring in two. He's won the Asian Cup in twenty fifteen. He captained Palace to a promotion. Um, absolute dream career uh, for any Australian. Captain the national team over twenty five times. Yeah, um, yeah. He was. He was given the armband and Ange at a time when we were transitioning away from the golden generation as well. at that And, and at that time, he wasn't the most senior player in the squad. That could have easily gone to someone like a Timmy Cahill or, or you know, somebody more senior and more talented as well. He's, he's never been the most talented player in the squad. But what he, what he did for the Socceroos um, speaks volumes about, um, you know, the kind of leader he is, uh, just sort of quietly and consistently doing his business and stepping up in big games as well. Yeah. I think a big thing about Yedinak is he's always kind of proved everyone wrong his whole career. He was overlooked as a state league player and he finally got a gig at an A-league club and he excelled and then he went... Yeah, he was like driving like hours yeah. to get games at Gosford. And he, and... Yeah, and then, he, and then he went to Turkey to a small club where everyone said, oh, he's just going to fail and come home and he got bigger and better and... And look what he turned. Look to the career he turned out. I mean, he is a bona fide Premier League player, a Premier League captain, and as you said, Colby, he got a club, a big club in Crystal Palace, promoted back to the Premier League as the captain, and he's got that feel about him. He's a leader. He leads men, and and he just looks like a great guy, to be honest. Yeah, uh, and I mean, a couple of couple of points coming from that. Obvi- the obvious one is um, who's going to be the next captain of the Socceroos. There are a couple of obvious choices uh, in Trent Sainsbury, the the sort of very firm favourite, uh, followed by uh, Matty Ryan. I've heard a couple of times. A um, couple of smokies for me. Uh, Mas Luongo uh, has uh, has been captain in QPR. Um, in recent times, and, and last season he wore the armband a few times. Bailey Wright has uh, been the captain of um, of Bristol as well. Yep. Uh, and um, the other one is Brandon Borello, obviously, with his delicious beard. Good, great beard. Not a good beard, a great beard. A great beard and a great ex brizzy boy. I think Borello uh, could uh, fit into that mould more seamlessly than you'd think. Uh, but anyone standing out for you as uh, future Socceroos captain material? Look, I, I think... Um, Graham Arnold won't use this camp to find himself a new captain. I think for him, that'll be the Asian Cup and someone will get the nod for the Asian Cup. I think Mark Milligan will captain the He'll side this week. He'll just throw the armband to Millsy and because he's hold cap- it over. Yeah, he's captained the side before and we know what Millsy's all about. But like you said, I think moving forward, there needs to be a captain that's a bit younger that can be the captain for a long time and really step up. I think the names you mentioned... Um, 
are probably the most likely options. I don't feel like Aaron Moy is a kind of person or player that would captain a side. He's, yeah, he's a bit got, too quiet, isn't he? Yeah, he's always got great influence, but he's a bit shy and he's a bit. I feel like he's a bit reserved and doesn't. He's not. He's not there. He's not a leader kind of player. He, he leads with his feet more so than with the way he talks and the way he acts around the players. But you know, I think I I would love to see Massimo Massimo Longo get the armband because I feel as though for club he's brilliant. Well, he, QPR love him. He plays and he plays so well there. And it's just after the Asian Cup where. He had a blind every tournament and was nominated for the Ballon d'Or just quietly. He kind of fell off for the national team and he's been out of favour for a while. And he, and he we saw and at the World Cup. you got a feel Cup. from him missing out on minutes at the World Cup. I think he was one of the most hard done by players yeah, in our squad. And I feel like he's probably got something to prove because of that. And now with Moy being out, I feel like he can really step into this role. And given the armband, he'll step up again. Well, he lost his he lost his spot to Yedinak, and apparently on almost the morning of the France game, where uh, Yedinak was preferred to Luongo just for uh, just for the on field leadership that Yedinak could provide. So got a got a feel for Mass, and um, I'm I'm really keen to see how Mass uh, goes forward now and takes on a bigger role within the Socceroos uh, now that Yedinak has stepped aside. Big question that I've got for you, Colby. Given that Matt Ryan's not playing against Kuwait this week, who do you put between the sticks? That is a big question because obviously you've got Vukovic, uh, you've got Brad Jones, uh, and you've got Mitch Langerak as yep. well. So three very capable number twos, I would say. They're all on a pretty similar level. Um, I know Vukovic has been doing good things at Genk as well. Um, so... I actually think Vukovic is probably smart money for me. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, Langerak's had his opportunities. He's done well at some times and, and done poorly at others. Brad Jones didn't cover himself in glory in his last couple of outings for the Socceroos, particularly in that game against um, uh, Hungary, where he, he flapped at one. It was an own goal and he was a bit unlucky, but he did flap at another as well in that game. So... Uh, hasn't covered himself in glory in the past couple, um, despite um, being amazing in the Eredivisie um, and, and a bit of a legend there. Uh, yeah, look, I think it has to go to Vuko at the moment. Yep. I think uh, I'm on the same page. I think if I, if I was the Socceroos manager, then I'd be picking Danny Vukovic to start this week. I think he's done a lot to deserve his, his place. He played brilliantly in the A-League. He's had a lot going on in his personal life, which has motivated him, I think, to be a better footballer as well. And, I mean, in keeper years, he's he's still got a fair way to go. He's only in his early 30s, and I'm sure he's got probably another, you know, eight to ten years more of Oof. football in his in his arms as a goalkeeper. Could be a Gigi Buffon type of career. Oh, talking about Gigi Buffon, he told, he told me he could play till 50. told me. He told Twitter he could play <laughs> till 50. So, yeah. Anyone else you think might, make a, might get some surprise minutes against Kuwait? Look, I don't think he'll get any minutes, but I think he's another case of, just like Thomas Deng, he's being part of the squad. Dennis Genru, um, he's a Melbourne City Academy product who actually is on loan to Peck Zwolle in the Eredivisie at the moment. Um, he's linked up with the former Melbourne City manager, John Van Schip, there. He's only 19 years old, so I think involving him in a team like this is, is going to be good for his confidence in him moving forward. I mean, we saw him make his A-League debut at 17. So, I mean, we don't see many young Aussie players come through at that age. The A-League tends to give players their debut, you know, the back end of their teens or early 20s, which I think is probably a big detriment to our national side. We need these young players playing more minutes. And Dennis Jenner is one of those that have uh, benefited from that. And he's part of the soccer is set up, which I think is 
it's a testament to him debuting so early and what he's done from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and looks like, yeah, one one for the future, definitely. Um, uh, look, uh, Daniel Garb on Twitter has actually uh, put in uh, Apostle Sianu in, into the frame uh, as, as potentially getting a couple of other minutes, a couple of minutes under uh, Graham Arnold. I don't know whether I can see it. Um, I can't vouch for Apostle Loss. I just... I used to be I used to be a big fan when he sort of first broke into the team, but he's not done he's not done much in his club career, and now he's playing his football in Cyprus after uh, a sort of mixed uh, stint in China. Uh, not not too sure what um, he's still doing to get himself in the in the fold for Socceroos uh, contention. He well, must, you don't must train the really well. <laughs> no, I can't say I follow it uh, too closely, uh, but um, yeah, look. Um, I guess Tommy Juric has had a lot of chances, uh, 38 caps now for only eight goals for the Roos, maybe Graham Arnold's, uh, and of course Graham Arnold's wanting to look and, and try and solve the um, the goals problem that we had particularly uh, in the World Cup, but I don't know if uh, Giannu's the answer. Um, uh, but um, one one other thing is um, it'll be interesting to see what type of uh, what type of a system that Graham Arnold goes for for the Ruse as well. Um, look, I can see we've got a lot of uh, a lot of versatile defenders in that that line as well, and query whether um, Graham Arnold goes for the Ange Postacoglu controversial back three. Don't think that he will, and that's not really Graham Arnold's style. Not very Arnie, is it? No, it's not very Arnie, but. I just noticed that we've got quite a few uh, sort of capable um, centre-backs who can who can play across a back three, like your Matty Germans, your Milos Degenaks, Thomas Dang. Bailey Kills, Wright. Bailey Wright. Uh, Mark Milligan can play in the back line, particularly in that ball-playing role as well. Um, Trent, Trent Sainsbury, Sainsbury. How do we forget about Sainsbury? Sexy Sainsbury. Obviously, Sexy Sainsbury gets in there. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, be be very interesting to see what Graham Arnold does across that back line. He's also got a lot of midfielders to choose from, which he's got to try and fit all into one midfield at the moment. Obviously, we spoke of Irvine, Rogic, Luongo, Milligan can play midfield. He's got a lot of midfielders to choose 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 a midfield from. It'll be interesting to see how he goes with a three man, four man. How many he plugs the middle of the park with? Yeah, um, very interesting. So. The uh, Socceroos, as I mentioned before, will um, be playing Kuwait at 3.30am Tuesday morning. Have you got a prediction for me, Colby? I'm going to say that the Roos are going to get up 3-0. 3-0. I'm going to say 2-1. I don't feel confident in the way we have been building since Arnie took over. I feel like there's a lot of work to be done. I think we will be good under Arnie, but there's a lot of questions still to answer we don't know how we're going to play we don't know who's going to play we don't know who's going to captain so I feel like that's going to let us down against Kuwait this week but I think we'll still win we'll still get over the line because Arnie's a winner he wins games he wins titles it's what he does it's what he's done in the A-League it's what he's done his whole career well that was a massive ep thanks for listening this week if you've liked what you heard you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify and Google Podcasts and a bunch of other places if you want even more of this nonsense, you can subscribe or follow More Than A Game on Twitter or Facebook. Next week on the show, the A-League kicks off and the EPL is back. Until then, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.